Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today is Sunday, June 13th, 2021. On this day in 1988, Rose Alone won a personal injury case against a major tobacco company. It was a major blow to the multi-billion dollar big tobacco industry. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today we're covering the day a jury decided on Rose Chipalone's lawsuit against the Liggett Group Cigarette Company. She sued Liggett for failing to properly warn her of the dangers of smoking. Let's go back to a New Jersey courtroom on June 13, 1988. By the end of the 80s, most people knew about the life-threatening toxins in cigarettes. And still, Big Tobacco shrugged off responsibility for millions of deaths. But in a New Jersey courtroom, a defense team of attorneys representing the Liggett Group and their subdivision, Liggett and Myers Tobacco Company, sat on the defense. Although it was one of the smaller tobacco companies, Liggett was still a bottomless pit of attorneys and money. A hush fell over the courtroom as the jurors announced that they found Liggett at least partially responsible for the death of a lifelong consumer of their product. As the defense team announced they would appeal the case, the prosecuting team breathed a massive sigh of relief. They should have been celebrating, but they were somber and restrained instead because the person who was suing Liggett was already gone. Like many her age, Rose Chip alone started smoking cigarettes in 1942 when she was only 16 years old. At the time, the perceptions of smoking were changing. For decades, cigarettes were seen as an unsavory habit for women, but that shifted during World War I when women took up the blue-collar positions that were usually reserved for men. They also took up smoking. And women had a major ally in the fight to breathe smoke, cigarette companies. In 1928, Lucky Strike encouraged women to reach for a smoke instead of a sweet. Later in 1968, Virginia Slims cashed in on the women's liberation movement with the legendary tagline, You've come a long way, baby. During the golden age of cigarette culture, smoking was a rebellious and stylish act of independence. Buying into the glitz and glamour of the marketing, Rose was a proud, lifelong smoker. It was her choice, but her habit cost her more than she realized. Rose was still burning through a pack and a half per day when, in 1969, all cigarette cartons started carrying a warning from the Surgeon General. The new label read that smoking was extremely harmful to your health. 
News about the harmful side effects of smoking had been around since the 20s, but Rose, like most other customers, ignored the signs. Soon she found out that her nicotine addiction wouldn't allow her to quit her beloved Chesterfield smokes, even though she wanted to. She also noticed a trend in cigarette ads. Despite the revelations about cancer-causing agents inside the product, Big Tobacco was pouring millions of dollars into advertising that subverted the health concerns. They wanted smokers to ignore the nasty side effects. Rose knew that Big Tobacco didn't care that their product was killing customers. All they cared about was making money, and Rose was next to pay the price. In 1981, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. As she grew weaker and weaker, she knew she couldn't just let things continue this way. She reached out to attorney Mark Edel with an outrageous idea. They were going to sue Big Tobacco. Mark was all for it, but he wanted her to know just how outrageous that idea really was. With thousands dying every year from smoking, no one successfully sued Big Tobacco ever. In the past 40 years, fewer than 30 lawsuits even went to trial out of more than 300. Rose was still dead set. And on August 1st, 1983, she sued Philip Morris, Lorillard, and Liggett, three of the biggest tobacco companies. Her attorneys suffered a blow early on, with Philip Morris and Lorillard being excused. Since Rose started smoking those brands after 1966, the defense was able to argue that those companies were already complying with the new label warnings. They said Rose should have been aware of the dangers. Only Liggett remained, as they produced Chesterfields, which were Rose's favorite since the 40s. The company argued that the case should still be thrown out. They complied with each of Congress's new guidelines, just as the others did. On September 20, 1984, New Jersey Judge H. Lee Sarakin refused, saying that complying with the guidelines does not grant them immunity for knowingly killing its consumers. The Liggett lawyers were dumbfounded as the case went to trial. But sadly, that was the only success Rose saw in her case. On October 21, 1984, she passed away. Her husband, Antonio, continued the fight on her behalf. Just as the court was driving toward a tremendous win for the Cipollone family, their hopes would, in the end, turn to ashes. Up next, Big Tobacco falls back on its secret weapon, a bottomless wallet. Hi, listeners. It's Carter from ParCast, and I am thrilled to tell you about a new limited series I'm hosting just in time for Father's Day. It's called Devious Dads, and it introduces you to some of the most feared, fraudulent, and fatal fathers in history. Every Sunday on Spotify, discover the men who started out as role models and ended up becoming real-life criminals. Like Wall Street financier Bernie Madoff, whose billion-dollar Ponzi scheme destroyed countless families, including his own. Or Marvin Gaye Sr., whose envy and resentment towards his son's successful music career drove him to murder. 
Each episode of Devious Dads has been handpicked from shows across the ParCast network, shining a light on the men who are far more wicked than wise. This summer, catch a glimpse of the frightening side of fatherhood. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Devious Dads. Listen free only on Spotify. Now back to the story. On June 13, 1988, the Chipalone v. Liggett trial reached its climax, almost four years after the plaintiff, Rose Chipalone, died from lung cancer. The case was a posthumous win for Rose, but it wasn't without sacrifice and the hard work of some clever attorneys. Rose's husband, Antonio, and her lawyer, Mark Edel, continued the fight in her place. In a decisive move, Mark pointed out the irony in Big Tobacco's defense. According to the logic of Liggett's lawyers, if you were a smoker who trusted Big Tobacco to warn you about the dangers of smoking, you got what you deserved. Mark's argument, along with some damning evidence that revealed the company's awareness of carcinogens in their product, convinced the jury. They blamed Liggett for failing to warn smokers like Rose before the Surgeon General's order in the 60s. The jury found that Rose was 80% to blame for deciding to smoke and continuing to smoke. However, 20% of Rose's death was the fault of big tobacco. And for that 20%, Liggett was required to pay $400,000 in damages to Rose's estate. Even though big tobacco was worth billions, this was the first of any court case to find cigarette companies at fault for killing a customer. The smoking industry's impregnable defense was breached. But Antonio and Mark didn't have long to celebrate this historic win because Liggett appealed the verdict and took the case to the Supreme Court. Before it was resolved, Antonio died in 1990. On October 8, 1991, the Supreme Court case started. Rose's son, Thomas, now stood with Mark to represent the family. After both sides re-argued their cases, the Supreme Court issued its conclusion in a 6-3 decision. The result of that vote was, unfortunately, mixed. They found that the Surgeon General's warning labels didn't grant immunity to big tobacco from personal injury lawsuits, but the case needed to be retried to move matters forward. Although this sounded like a stalemate, it was a major win for Liggett because after nine years of litigation, Rose and Antonio were dead and their legal team was running out of resources. It was a war of attrition. On November 5, 1992, Thomas and Mark agreed to drop the lawsuit. After their 1988 defeat, Big Tobacco had discovered a new legal strategy. With their product killing their customers, all they had to do was wait until the plaintiffs went broke or died. Through the 90s, tobacco companies were still denying any connection with their products and a global pandemic of lung, heart, and cancer-related illnesses. In 1994, big tobacco CEOs and presidents swore under oath that they believed nicotine, one of the main chemicals in cigarettes, was not addictive. 
Around that same time, a UK study found that over 3 million people worldwide were killed from tobacco products every year. In 1996, road accidents killed more than 3,600 people in the UK. Meanwhile, tobacco killed six times that many Brits. That same study found that half of all longtime smokers would die from smoking-related diseases, and half of those deaths occurred during middle age. The report revealed how, if this trend were allowed to continue, cigarettes would be killing 10 million people a year by 2030. In November 1998, the U.S. won the next major battle against Big Tobacco. The Master Settlement Agreement restricted cigarette ads, refusing to let them market to youths through cartoon mascots like Joe Camel. The MSA also severely limited their marketing capabilities in general. Then in 2009, Congress squeezed harder on tobacco, banning free cigarette samples, event sponsorships, and selling flavored smokes. This impacted how tobacco companies garnered new smokers, usually in their teens. With teenagers gravitating back toward tobacco during the vape epidemic, lawmakers are still fighting back. Although Rose didn't live to see her case through, it was her short-lived victory in 1988 that emboldened people to take care of not only their health, but also the health of others. Thanks to people like Rose, consumers can find it a little easier to quit cigarettes for good. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Daniel William Gonzalez, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hey there, Carter again. As we close out, here's a reminder to check out my new ParCast limited series, Devious Dads. For 10 weeks, we're exposing the men who are far more flawed than fatherly, ruining anyone who stood in their way, even their own families. Follow Devious Dads free only on Spotify.